Hello, and welcome back to the Self-Healer Soundboard. On today's episode, we're going to chat about spiritual awakenings. A few weeks ago, we made some posts on the Holistic Psychologist Instagram account about spiritual awakenings, listened to everyone's feedback, everyone's take on what they are, and realized everyone has their own definition, their own wonder, and really their own confusion about what a spiritual awakening is. So we're going to spend some time today diving into our own spiritual awakenings and what that might look like for you on your journey. So I know when I was going through my, the beginnings of my own spiritual awakenings, probably in my early thirties, as I ended my twenties into my early thirties, I speak to your point, Jenna, I had no idea what was happening. Um, I just know that at that point I was really starting to feel the number one word that comes to mind for me was disconnected. Um, while I was checking a ton of boxes by that point in my life, I was living where I wanted to live. I was in a relationship. I had was working toward having the business that I was wanting to have for as long as I can remember, yet I felt empty. I felt disconnected again. So without having the language of what the heck is happening to me, as I think a lot of us don't yet have that language, I was really just faced with those feelings um, and trying to, of course, then make sense of what the heck was going on. We've used the term woo-woo a lot. Um, if you're not hearing that properly, it's W-O-O-W-O-O, literally just woo-woo. And even the sound of that is sort of a, you know, what is it? No one really knows. And I know those two words specifically, uh, friends of mine, even like 10 years ago, would always couch me in conversation with another friend who was, you know, into growing and healing and exploring spirituality and when conversations arose about that that made a certain group of friends maybe uncomfortable or they just didn't connect, they would always say, you know, you sound like friend X. You sound so woo-woo. Everything you guys talk about sounds really woo-woo. And when we look at, well, what is woo-woo, what that actually is, or what everyone's response to a spiritual awakening is, we have this idea that I don't know, someone like breaks open and these visual glowing lights break out of them and we hear voices and we go awry. And yeah, for some people, we do hear voices. And I think what we miss is that we hear voices all day long, every day. Our mind is constantly playing voices to us. So a spiritual awakening for me personally, it was a breaking open and a choice of realizing my life was not going how I wanted it to go. I was continuing to sabotage and to sabotage, kind of create a life of following my passion, then get there and then decide to sabotage and ruin that. And I got fired from a job actually four years ago, and it was that job and that firing that was by the grace of God. I mean, even the director of that employment was still, you know, a confidant and a friend, and it wasn't on bad terms, but my heart and soul were no longer in it. I was not going to quit that job and reroute my life to be more aligned to my actual authentic self unless someone stepped up to do it for me. And when that happened... I threw a, you know, a getting fired celebration. I was very grateful to realize that this was an opening for me. This was the same thing happening again that I knew I could see how I sabotaged and I did it for a reason. So I decided to lean in and figure out what that reason was, which is really what sent me on a huge spiritual journey, healing journey for these last couple of years. And that 
And that moment of that awakening four years ago, I can reflect back on now as a dark night of the soul or as my dark night of the soul, though I don't think that those are singular because I'm learning now years into consciously healing, really looking at myself in the mirror, finding these patterns and habits that don't serve me. Well, you get cruising in a place of, you know, life looks great. The life around me is now a representation of the life I've created for myself. So then what happens? Suddenly I get to a new layer of awareness and consciousness or a new layer of awakening where now all of these deeper wounds that I couldn't see before because I wasn't at a place in healing yet, now all these new ones are coming in. And it feels like right now for me, a spiritual awakening version two, because I'm further along on the path to now go even deeper. So it's also not a one and done. We spiritually wake up and then we're here. Waking up or consciousness, awareness, mindfulness is just being present. And you're only present if you consistently continue that practice. I love how you're kind of acknowledging how it is a process um, and it does evolve over time and, you know, very similar to kind of the stages of it. And again, going back to this concept of woo-woo, I think for me um, at that point in my life, I was so heavily trained in at least the science that I was taught in schools. Um, and when I thought about woo-woo and things that were esoteric or spiritual, even that concept of soul or spirit, I threw all of that in that category of woo-woo. So when I was starting to have these feelings of disconnection, I, I never would have used within my own mind, even that language about well, what's happening is I'm, you know, coming to an awareness and or I'm, a, I'm awakening. And while at that time I didn't have the language, um, what I was attuning to was that deeper space or like you just beautifully word it, the authentic self. Um, of course, the world I was living in, the world I had created around me, like I acknowledge while it checked many boxes, um, I really wasn't fully connected to what I wanted, all of the choices I had made to create that life around me now, for me at least, were a result of, of my codependent conditioning, weren't really coming from me and what I wanted. Um, it was me playing the roles that I had learned to play over the course of my lifetime. But because that authentic self, right, even if we don't have the language to define it or it doesn't map onto science, it's still there. And what had happened, you know, when I began my awakening process was that self was living in such, or the life that I was living was out of alignment in so many ways with that self. And that's where that feeling of disconnection, of lacking fulfillment, again, was coming from. But logically, it didn't make sense because I had acquired or achieved everything, right, that my conditioned self set out to achieve. So why wasn't I happy? Um, why didn't I know who I was? or what I wanted, or this idea of purpose, passion. For me, it was a concept I read about in books. I didn't really relate or resonate with having a purpose and having a passion. And again, all of that is so wrapped up in who we are at our core. But if we're not making choices from that space, then you are going to begin to feel the emotional fallout, which again, we can define as this beginnings of the spirit, the who you are, awakening from the world you've been living or the choices you've been making. And that emotional fallout might feel awful. It, <laughs> it likely does. It feels like depression. It feels, for me, very 
just very sad, very, very dark in a way. And I remember four years ago, actually four years ago to the week that we're recording this, you guys will hear it a couple of weeks later, but four years ago, almost to the day right now in 2018 is when I went back to New York to where I grew up. And I remember I can still find it now. I shared a post on Instagram because I find hearts everywhere in nature, just randomly abstract hearts in puddles all over the place. And it's always been a telltale sign to me or really a, a guide and a message. When I start to notice that I've stopped seeing hearts, eventually there is a little like notification that goes off in my mind and, and realizes there's something out of sync. There's something not in tune. And I really started to see, you know, life sort of imploded. I decided four years ago to actually dive in, take all of the wounds that I had healed in some way, I'd put a Band-Aid over them. Instead, now I wanted to rip off the Band-Aid, rip open the scars and go into the trenches of the wounding, which for me meant, and this isn't for everyone, for me that meant going back to the source of it, going back to 17-year-old Jenna that I had always been running away from. And I shared a post on Instagram of a, a heart. It's a leaf, actually, that looks like it's just floating in the trees. You can't even see what it's attached to, but it's a leaf that looks like a heart. And I shared outwardly that I was taking this time. I was putting my plans to move to Los Angeles on hold to go home and to explore the life that I had been running away from because I did leave and create my own environment. You know, I created a whole reality that was different and that I thought served me, but I kept putting Band-Aid over Band-Aid over Band-Aid of what was really the core issue, which was the pain and the grief and the trauma of the past that I was unwilling to accept. So my returning home felt like my dark night of the soul, a spiritual awakening or breaking open. I stayed at my twin brother's house and I remember leaning against the wall and just clutching onto it, falling to my knees in a, like a dry heaving bawling at first. And I found myself kneeling on the floor next to the bed with my hands on the bed in prayer. And I thought, Jenna, you don't pray. Who are you praying to? And I realized like a, literally a download that just hit me internally that said, you're praying to yourself. This is you. There is a self here with you. And in that moment and now, because in so many ways, it feels like that cycle is here again because I'm at a deeper layer now, especially with the death of my brother six months ago and the reality of you know, the dependent situation my mom has now become for both my living brother and I. It feels like I'm back at that place against the wall in this awakening. And it reminds me how synonymous grief is and grieving is with any kind of awakening. It's allowing myself to actually accept reality, allow the emotions and the grief to wash through me. The release of that is what gives me space to then plant new seeds, plant new habits and grow new life. I love that you're bringing up, Jenna, this concept of self. So while as I began my awakening, which very much had similar sounding moments. Um, if anyone read How to Do the Work, you meet um, a very pivotal moment where I'm crying into a bowl of oatmeal, 
not, not really an awareness of what was making me so deeply and devastatingly sad, though there the tears were. So it was becoming, again, very clear to me that there were feelings coming up from a deeper space. And while I didn't make the choice to leave my environment and return home like you did, Jenna, um, I remained, you know, living the same environment, the same life that I had been living, though what was coming to my awareness or what I began to get curious, I should say, about was who this self was, who this Nicole was, because I really, by that point, was coming to the realization that I didn't know. Just like I was sharing earlier, passion, purpose, I mean, that's something even deeper than what do I want? What do I need? And when faced with those questions, I had come to realize how often I overstepped me and kind of hitting that pause or that moment of reflection. We did a couple episodes back on that topic. I didn't actually stop. I bypassed what I wanted, what I needed in service of what I imagined the world around me needed from me. So while again, I didn't make a choice to change my environment all too dramatically, though, I did begin to change my relationship engagement a bit to create like you're sharing space to, for me, create space to begin an exploration of curiosity about, well, who is this person? What do I want and what do I need? And again, the awakening for me was really seeing in real time the fact that I didn't factor myself in. So therefore, most of the choices in the world I was living in were choices that I was making for someone that wasn't myself at all. And on the contrary of what Nicole's sharing, for me, it wasn't a realization that I hadn't been factoring myself in because with the environment that I grew up in and me really fleeing it and spending now more of my life away on my own than I ever did in the care of any other human being, I always followed my heart. I created what I wanted to do. I created my networks. I followed my passions. There was no one around me parenting or telling me what I should do. There was no one there guiding me as a child parenting either. So it really was a free-for-all where all there was was me. And that moment four years ago when I started to realize, well, now I've followed everything that I've wanted to do. I have followed my passions, but I'm still in this same place. I'm still incredibly depressed. I'm incredibly sad. I'm putting on a smile, chasing this life of service and being of service constantly. And while it's genuine to me, I can see now in reflection, and at that point four years ago, I could see in that moment of reflection that even then I was putting on the same rose-colored glasses that I've been putting on recently. I thought I had been putting Band-Aids on. I thought I had been healing because I'd created a whole new life. Well, there's a reason that I lived 3,000 miles away from where I grew up and never looked back because going back to that space is where all of the trauma was. It's where all of the pain was. And it dawned on me that rather than spending a life running away from home, which is what I was doing, I came to that realize, realization in that awakening. Rather than spending a life running away from home, it was now time for me to choose 
running home to myself. My life had been waiting for me at home and it wasn't a home in New York. It was home in my heart with me, but I couldn't authentically, genuinely tap into the deepest layers of me if I was unwilling to look at and accept the environment and the pain that I'd been trying to make you know, so perfect and acceptable and okay. And yes, my childhood was horrific and traumatic in some ways, but I always twisted that and framed it in a really positive, great light. In the process of doing that, I put so much distance and dissociation between myself and actually accepting reality, which is what then allowed for this implosion and awakening and that falling to the floor. I love how you're bringing up this this concept, Jenna, of home. After we just talked about connection to a self. Um, When we think about these concepts of self and home and then obviously connecting them to our relationships with other people, you've probably heard Jenna and I say this a million times if you've listened to us speak before, until we are home within ourself, until we are connected to that self within us, we're never going to feel connected to the others in our world. And the beautiful part about this self, this concept of home, this even this concept of spiritual awakening that we're exploring on today's discussion is that when we're connected in that self space, in that conscious, pure awareness, that is actually the opportunity that we have to feel connected to all that is. Because in that space, we are, and again, this is where we can throw the woo-woo label over it, We are connected to everyone and and everything. We are actually part of the same whole and all of the ways in which we have been conditioned to feel separate from others in the world around us is actually us, again, living in disconnection from that authentic self. But all of this comes back to the more connected we are to us, we know who we are, we have that safe space of home within us. And when we're in that space, ultimately, again, that feeling of disconnection, of separation, actually goes away because when we're in that pure state of conscious energy and why we call it a spiritual awakening, the spirit is connected with all that is. You are never alone when you are with yourself and that self, I say with a capital S, you are always with you though. You very much could absolutely feel alone and maybe be alone because your authentic self is over here residing in you and you're living up here in this circular mind of thought loops and a thinking mind, not in your body, not connected to your heart, not connected to your being or authentic self. And for me, I was thinking of that the other day, I actually wrote it in my notepad. You are not alone when you are with yourself. And I notice every conversation and discussion we have always comes back to one, the concept of self and also this light bulb moment and really a collective awareness to how disconnected we are and how unaware we've become that we have and are a self. We, most of us, do believe that we are our job. We are our habits. We are our pattern. Now, yes, that is our outward external representation to the world, though that's your body and your vessel and your your actions and your words on autopilot for most of us. When you sit in silence, in reflection, and allow yourself to connect with your heart space, now, how do you do that? That might actually mean just sitting in silence, placing a hand on your heart, placing one hand on your belly, taking a few deep breaths, and actually 
feeling physically the air filling and deflating your belly and your lungs, getting in touch with ourselves first. It can be as simplistic as sitting down to say, hey, self, how are you? Hi, self, I see you there. And that's very likely going to feel uncomfortable or awkward for many people who are doing that for the first time which makes a lot of sense because anything new is also threatening to our ego. You will absolutely feel uncomfortable or maybe challenged or even derailed from telling yourself, you know, I am worthy. Hi, self. I see you. I love you. You're safe now. That can sound like a bunch of just repetitive jargon, and that's okay. The point is to actually sit and do that consistently. You learned everything you believe about yourself now as a child when you were absorbing the world around you as a sponge. Now, what most of us absorbed around us in our environments with our earliest caregivers was not actually being loved or seen or nurtured in all of the ways that we needed. And while it was never okay as children, now as adults, it is our responsibility to take that time with ourselves and sit in repetition and consistency through that discomfort of allowing yourself to even recognize that there is a self within you and that that self within you holds more wisdom than the greatest teacher you could find out there in the world today because that teacher is yourself. I think this is such a, a beautiful way, Jenna, to kind of bring this episode right full circle. So what is this, this spiritual awakening that we're talking about? It's that self that has been there now covered with years upon years of adaptation, again, usually aimed at creating safety and environments that weren't safety and all then of these disconnected ways that we are in the world, not connected to that self, doesn't mean that self went anywhere. So what a spiritual awakening then is, or what we experience are the symptoms, the fallout, the impact of all of the choices that we've been making for a lifetime up until that point that have been ignoring, suppressing, repressing that self, just like those earliest environments. And to speak to your point, when we enter now into adulthood, we can then empower ourselves to take responsibility to then create change. And for many of us, after listening to an episode like this, the first you know, step is a realization that maybe what you've been experiencing, this disconnection, this wondering about purpose or questioning why you're here or, or what's the point of it anyway, um, maybe leaving this episode with a bit of, of language, of understanding, of curiosity. Maybe what I'm feeling, again, is a byproduct of this disconnection from who I am at my core. And then, of course, begin that journey of reconnecting, honoring all of the while compassionately that it will be difficult. A lot of that reconnection for most of us is going to be unfamiliar. Um, and like you left home, we leave home in our bodies. We leave our emotion. We suppress aspects of ourself for safety-related purposes. So when we begin to do something that's unfamiliar up until this point, it will feel uncomfortable. But though then begins this journey of awakening, the spirit that is within, that conscious being that has the ability to be connected to the world around them, that's what, to me, a spiritual awakening really means and what it looks like um, to enter into and to begin that journey, which could be years long of peeling back layer upon layer upon layer until what you're left with is who you are. I keep trying to 
cram it all down in the most concise way that I can of well, then what a spiritual awakening is. And I do love the visual of that self inside of you that we've all gone, lived our lives, created our lives, whether it was conscious or on autopilot and forgotten that that self is in there. And immediately the visual that popped into my mind is a baby being born and a baby first coming into this world is usually screaming. It seems chaotic. Where am I? I'm in this world. For many of us, I know here in the States, it's it's bright lights and sterile big clamps coming at you. That's a big experience, right? That's yourself. That actually, I take a moment, I just got a little teary thinking of baby Jenna coming into the world. Each of you listening were a baby that came into the world at one point and had that experience of your first entrance. When you came into the world, you were in pure essence of self. Your self was here. Then our lives were lived and continue to now, and we pull away from that self and forget that that self was here at the core inside of you. So when we talk about a spiritual awakening, it makes so much sense now to me. Well, it's that self. It's being born into the world again. Imagine the self inside of you coming to into this crazy, wild, loud, dynamic world with so much stimulation always happening. That's a lot to digest. And it's a moment for us to really give ourselves a lot of love and compassion. And it makes me laugh, particularly because my mother told me that when I was born, so I have a twin brother, we were a C-section. I was born at 5.59 a.m. and Josh was born at six. And by born, I mean, we were lifted out of her stomach (laughs) in that order. And They were concerned about me when I was born because I didn't make a noise. My mom said it took me like 20 minutes. They kept flicking me. They were pinching me. They were poking me. They were trying to get me to interact. I was present. Like I was there and I could see them. There wasn't, there wasn't anything and there wasn't any barrier that they were concerned of other than I was straight up shell-shocked. I had no idea where I was and I just went silent. And when I observe that learning of my, you know, my original essence and self, my baby self coming into the world in those first moments, I can totally see the replica of that in my own spiritual awakenings. Like four years ago, was I going to quit that job even though everyone there knew that it wasn't aligned and I just, it didn't serve me anymore? No. I lived life in shell shock, running away from where I came from and just allowing things to happen, but making that okay because I was following my passion. And it was a really rude awakening when I realized that through that, I had been neglecting the very self that came into the world all of those years prior. I love that that visual um, of really having that compassion Um, That awareness, first and foremost, I think before some of us can practice extending ourselves compassion, it's just having the awareness that if you are kind of resonating as you're listening with this experience or of a spiritual awakening and, and, and having then the awareness of what's happening um, can be incredibly comforting before, of course, then we are able to view ourselves and treat ourselves um, as that that little child, quite literally for most of us being born anew in a new way, experiencing the world now probably much more consciously than we once were. 
Um, and this is, again, one of the reasons why we, we show up and have these conversations to, to give some language, to share our experiences, really honoring, again, where we began with the uniqueness of this spiritual awakening for each of us. It will look different. It will feel different. Um, the stages will unfold differently to some extent. The journey to healing will look different depending on the wounding that we're carrying. And again, really honoring our uniqueness. Um, and in so many ways, I love how so much of our stories are similar yet not similar. And again, really sharing this so that listeners, as you listen out there, um, maybe you can create some knowledge, some awareness, what might be happening with you, for you, within you. Um, and again, giving you the permission maybe to begin this journey of curiosity um, and of exploration. And as always, looking forward to continuing this conversation with you as Clark is too. Those of you who are watching us here on YouTube, um, one of our cats made an appearance and is hanging out here. So <laughs> me, Jenna, and Clark all say goodbye and look forward to you all tuning in for our next episode. We also would love to hear your take. What, what do you think a spiritual awakening is? This really is a discussion. We don't have a defined definition. What we say isn't right or wrong. It's just what we're saying and what we're sharing and even grappling and exploring with and sharing how our thoughts change over time as well. So we'd love to hear your thoughts what shows up for you, what you think of maybe, what was a spiritual awakening for you? Some of you might cry. Some of you might be shell-shocked like <laughs> I was entering the world. And some of you might experience both. So let us know in the comments below. And for those of you who are listening and continue to hear us referring to YouTube, we continue to build up the visual presence of this really. So while it's a podcast, it's also kind of turning into our own little weekly TV show. So that's also the easiest way for us to interact with you guys in real time. So however you are listening, thank you for being here in discussion and conversation and community with us. And thank you to everyone who has been sharing with friends and tagging and commenting. It means the world to us. Our hearts are this. So we really are so grateful to share our hearts and experience with you. And we will see you and be with you next week.